Come on, let's love him all across the building. Come on, let's love him all across the building. Hallelujah. If you need victory here today, I want you to know it's in the palm of his hand. Come on, in those nail-scarred hands, there's victory. Hallelujah. Jesus, we give you praise and glory. Hallelujah. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord and give him a shout of praise for a few moments. Praise God. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. At this time, we'd like to dismiss our Sunday school students back to this back room for some children's church. And all the parents said, amen. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. How many is excited to be in church today? Hallelujah. Now it's, it's, a, it's a holiday, but it's nice and AC'd in this building, and it's 100 degrees out there. So nothing like being in church on a hot summer day. And worshiping Jesus under the AC. And somebody said, praise God. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be turning open to the book of Acts chapter 22. Acts chapter 22 and verse 27. I promise I won't take up too much of your Sunday. You'll have time to see fireworks, so... Looks like Mills Park's doing fireworks about 9.30, so I've got a couple hours to preach. <laughs> Praise God. And uh, we'll just go for a couple hours. I'll, I'll enjoy it, and then we'll get some fried chicken later and fireworks. Praise God. Good to see the Miranda family in the house of God. They got two beautiful, identical twin girls with them. And uh, we, we do ask that you, that you give them a little bit of space uh, and just love the babies from a distance for the first little bit and uh, don't touch their hands or their face or their feet They like to put them in their mouth and and as every, all the people said amen Acts chapter 22 verse 27 The Bible declares then the chief captain came and said unto him tell me Art thou a Roman? And he said yes and the chief captain answered, With a great sum or cost obtained I this freedom. And Paul said, But I was freeborn, or I was born free. Then straightway they departed from him, which should have examined him. And the chief captain also was afraid. After that he knew he was a Roman because he had bound him. Amen. He comes to interrogate and find out if Paul's claims are correct. Are you, in fact, a citizen of Rome? I just want to know if you're a citizen of Rome. And Paul said, I was born free. And I want to preach to us for a few moments on that subject. I was born free free amen i was born free would you set down your bibles and lift up your hands as we pray for a few moments here today come on would you lift up your voice like a trumpet and let's speak unto our god hallelujah 
I believe there's people in this building that, that, that you need deliverance. You've wanted deliverance. And I want to tell you, it's not just an option. It's a right for you here today. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, let's pray in this house. Hallelujah. I believe that today can be a watermark day in your life. Hallelujah, that never again do you have to go backwards. Never again, hallelujah, do you have to live in bondage. Never again, hallelujah, do you got to go that direction. Let's pray right now all across this building. Hallelujah, on every life, on every mind, on every heart, Jesus. We're praying, God, that you do a work in us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated for a few moments today. Hallelujah. I was born free. The events leading up to the arrest of the Apostle Paul aren't necessarily noteworthy. Paul was doing what he did in every city that he went to. Paul was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul was going from city to city entering into the synagogues which were a place of biblical reasoning and he was trying to convince the Jewish people that Jesus Christ was the Messiah that they missed. Amen. Paul would get there and he would proclaim and he would preach and he would reason and he would talk but there was a problem. The Jewish people that he was speaking to, there was a large majority of them that saw him as a blasphemer. And they had a problem with anybody that was preaching Jesus Christ, but especially somebody by the name of Paul. You see that Paul was once called Saul. That was his Jewish name. Amen. And he was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. And they had an issue because he sat at the feet of a, a scholar by the name of Gamaliel, one of the wisest men in history. And there he was a, a, a zealot. He was zealous of the works of God. At one point, he persecuted the church of God. And in his own words in Galatians, he persecuted the church of God and he wasted it. He laid the church to waste. Amen. That's how zealous he was of the Jews' religion. But now he's a convert of Jesus Christ. And there's nothing more powerful than somebody with a testimony. Anybody got a testimony in the house of God? Amen. Hallelujah. There's nothing so powerful as somebody that can, set, that can stand flat-footed and say, I once was lost, but now I'm found. There's no greater example of somebody, amen, to somebody that needs to be delivered than somebody that can say, I once needed deliverance myself. Amen. I want you to know in the church of the living God, you're, you might see the suit, the tie, or the dress. Amen. Hopefully not on the same person, but you'll see those individuals and you'll think to yourself, I could never be that. But if you would ever rake back the blood of Jesus and the covering we got on our lives, every one of us could tell you that I once was in your position and if he did it for me. I got a witness in the house of God that if he did it for me, he can do it for you. He liberated me of drugs. He can liberate you of drugs. Come on. I want you to know today that there's freedom in the house of God. Somebody clap your hands and give him praise. 
tell you, the devil tries to silence a witness. You ever wonder why? Amen. You're going through a spiritual attack. It's often because he's trying to silence your witness. Because as I preached and taught about on Wednesday, amen, the blood of Jesus, the precious blood of Christ, amen, there's a twofold, amen, combination of victory. And it's the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. There's something about people that have got both. They've got the blood of the Lamb on their life and they've got a testimony. And the adversary will fight you tooth and nail. Because he knows that, that those that have the blood of the Lamb and are standing on, on a testimony of what God can do, uh, they themselves have experienced the grace of God. And nobody can tell anybody about the grace of God like those that have experienced it. Hallelujah. This is why he says to the merciful, I will be merciful. Amen. Those that have received mercy. He said those that have forgiven them much, the same love much. Because those of us that have needed mercy know how to extend mercy. Amen. And if you've ever been a recipient of mercy, you've got to go out and you've got to find anybody and everybody you can and extend to them the same mercy that you and I have been a recipient of. And the devil's got a problem with it. And these individuals that are operating in that spirit have a problem with it. Because they know if Paul's testimony gets out, he'll begin to tell all the other Jews, amen, that their way is the wrong way. And that there is, amen, salvation through Jesus Christ. And so they, 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 they take him and they bind him up and they beat him. Something he had become accustomed to. And something that Paul had experienced many times over. He would even say in Corinthians that he had, been, he had been in shipwrecks often and he had been beaten with rods often and whipped, amen, 39 different times. And, and Paul had experienced beatings and whippings and he did it with a smile on his face because he knew that he was suffering shame for the name of Jesus Christ, amen. And, and Paul went through this arrest and he went through this beating because he knew that it was just strengthening his testimony strengthening his witness and surely if he was not if what he was preaching was not an issue uh, they would have just let him go but the simple fact that they were fighting him so hard uh, amen maybe made a few of the Jews question and sometimes when we go through trials and tribulation, it is giving people an opportunity to look into your life. Amen. And sometimes the more severe the challenges get, amen, it's providing you a greater witness. Amen. Don't lose your testimony now. Don't lose your witness now, even though it gets more difficult. You stand firm on the grace of God. Stand firm in the mercy of God. And you watch, amen, God turn somebody's life around through your testimony. Amen. They beat him. They whipped him. They held him bound up. And what's powerful is that in the midst of binding him up, there were some Roman soldiers that said, hold on. That's not your job. That's our job. We're the law around here, not you. So they guard him. Instead of, instead of keeping him bound up, they lose him for a moment. And they let him preach with them defending from the Jews, stoning Paul and killing Paul. I want to tell you, God knows how to turn it around, folks. 
God knows how to turn it around for our benefit and for our good. And so they're guarding him, and he's preaching the gospel, and he's speaking to the Jews and trying to convince them from where he came from that I was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. And he tells them uh, that I was, in fact, born a Hebrew. I want you to understand this, uh, that when he's speaking to the Jews, uh, he's speaking as a Jew, and he's telling them, I was born Jewish, and that's my religious heritage. And, and and he's being defended while he preaches it. But when the Jews could hear him no longer, they demanded of the Romans that they do something about Paul. And the religious wanted him gone at any cost. And so the Roman soldiers, for fear of Paul's life, amen, and for fear of a revolt, they take Paul and they lock him back in chains and they take him out of that place. But Paul realizes Amen, that now he's got an advantage. Because as they bind him and they think to themselves, Paul, you've caused us trouble and problems for being religious and being zealous. And they, the Bible says they would have beat him. Anybody ever been in a position like that? Feel like the devil would have beat you. Amen. Life would have beat you. Amen. It, it would have. It would have gotten you. But but Paul, Amen, uses this moment of advantage, uh, and he tells them, "I know you heard me preaching to the Jews, uh, and I told them I was born a Hebrew, uh, and that is in fact true because, uh, Amen, I'm of the tribe of Benjamin. Uh, I'm 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 of the very stock that King Saul came from. Uh, amen. I was named after a king. Uh, amen. But I I want to tell you that when I speak to them. I'm Saul. But just in case you get it twisted, I want you to know who you locked up today. I want you to know who you're getting ready to beat up on. Amen. He tells, he speaks to them and he says, just in case you're wondering about how I was born and where I was born, he says, I am a Roman citizen. This is a game changer because just like in America, it was unlawful for any Roman soldier to detain a Roman citizen without probable cause. A Roman citizen had the right to a trial before they were beaten, before they were locked up or punished. Amen. Those that did not hold Roman citizenship were not given this benefit. The Roman soldiers could execute whatever amount of judgment that they thought they wanted to give out at that day, in that moment. Amen. They could execute the harshest, even capital punishment without a trial on any Anybody that did not hold uh, Roman citizenship, uh, but when somebody declared uh, that they held up uh, in the law uh, that they were a Roman citizen, uh, everything at that moment, uh, every punishment stopped, uh, every beating stopped uh, because they were invoking something uh, that went beyond the soldier's jurisdiction. Uh, and when Paul proclaimed uh, his Roman citizenship, uh, the soldiers that took him understood uh, that they just messed up, that they just did something unlawful, and they had to do something about it. So they went to their boss. They called their manager. They called their captain. They went up the ranks and found their superior. And they called for the chief captain to come down. And when he came down, the Bible declares, he interrogated Paul. And he wanted to make sure that this was not some Hebrew just trying to get out of another punishment. 
This was not just somebody that was willing to lie and say whatever it took uh, to get away from a beating. And he comes down to Paul and begins to interrogate him. And the chief captain uh, begins to tell him uh, and let him know, uh, I want to understand, Paul, you're telling me you're a Roman citizen. uh, But I've got a few questions as to how you gained your citizenship. I want to know how you got free. I want to know how you got your citizenship. Because, Paul, it cost me a lot. He said it cost me a great sum to become a Roman citizen. In studying for this message, I found several ways in which a Roman could become a citizen. There was one way. You could marry a Roman citizen and have a child that lasts and survives at least one year. Another way to become a Roman citizen, this is the great sum and the great cost that 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 chief captain was talking about. Amen. There was a minimum of six years of service to the Roman watch and the Roman military. There's another way that you can do it. You can indenture yourself to Rome. You can become a shipbuilder and you can transport, amen, you can transport wheat and other goods from Rome. Rome and back and forth uh, on behalf of Rome, not receiving a wage for yourself. Uh, another way that you could become a Roman citizen is you could operate a mill that produces two tons of ground grain every day for three years. If you had a farm, everything you had on that farm had to go to Rome and had to go to Rome's military. Another way that you could become a Roman citizen is if you gave them what would be the equivalent of $100,000 today, you could pay for your way into citizenship. To put that in perspective, uh, the very top, the legionnaires, uh, had, had a salary of about $60,000 a year. Uh, amen. But, but yet when you look at somebody like a chief captain, uh, they were making nowhere near that. Uh, and when you look at just a normal commoner in the Roman Empire, uh, they were making about $1,500 a year. Uh, amen. I want you to think about that for a moment. Uh, just do the math on how long it would take somebody uh, to be able to pay for Roman citizenship. The best chance they had was to get into the military. The best chance they had was to become a slave or a servant of Rome because there's no way they could afford it. Think about it for a moment. This chief captain is looking at Paul, and he's saying, Paul, amen, he's looking at him with disdain. My freedom was not free, Paul. Amen. He's looking at Paul and he doesn't see the wear and tear on Paul that he's seen on so many other faces of young soldiers that went into a battle for a country that was not theirs. Amen. Just to obtain a better life and a better, amen, promise of freedom. Amen. From Rome. He looks at Paul and says, Paul, I had to work hard for this freedom. Amen. The Bible doesn't tell us what that great sum was. Amen. But it could be that he said, Paul, amen, do you understand what it took for me to become a citizen of Rome? Do you grasp the amount of money I potentially had to pay to become a Roman citizen? Do you understand the years that I gave of my life to the Roman legion and the battles I fought and the friends that died and the people that I lost? And here you are, Paul. Amen. You're standing there and proudly proclaiming that you're a Roman, but I don't see the same price on your head. I don't see the same cost. He started telling 
Paul, I don't really believe that you're a Roman. You don't look like you've been through what I've been through to become a Roman citizen. Paul, you don't look like you've been through what I've been through just to get a semblance of freedom that I see in your life. So tell me, Paul, I want to know, what did you have to do to become a Roman citizen? Paul, I want you to tell me exactly what you had to do to obtain the freedom that cost me everything. I want to know, Paul, what makes you free? And Paul began to preach. Amen. That soldier could list everything he had to do to obtain his freedom. But Paul looked right back at the man and said, Sir, I understand. I don't have the years of service that you have. I understand that I didn't pay the money that you paid. I understand I didn't have to work like you work for your citizenship, like you work for your freedom. But I want to just tell you for a moment, Mr. Chief Captain, there's another way that somebody can be a Roman citizen. I just want to tell you how I became free. And Paul began to tell him, I was born free. I was I came to preach a gospel message to somebody about the kingdom of God. Amen. The kingdom of God is not like Rome. You can't work your way into it. You can't buy your way into it. There's nothing you can do to earn heaven or earn the blood of Jesus. But I want to tell you there's one way into the kingdom and you got to be born into it. Anybody got that testimony uh, that they can tell you, uh, amen, that might have taken somebody else a lot of work uh, to get free of drugs and alcohol, but do you got a testimony today uh, that can say, uh, I went down in the water uh, and I don't know what happened, uh, but all my sins got washed away. Somebody ought to clap your hands and give God praise uh, if you were born again uh, of water and of spirit. Paul, I want to know what makes you free. I want to tell you, church, we've got a world out there that is watching our lives, that is looking at us, and they want to know why you can come to church and lift your hands without fear of embarrassment. They want to know how you can live the life that you live, and they're thinking there's no way I could do that. It would cost way too much to do that. Amen. But you can tell them what I'm preaching to you today. There's only one way to get truth freedom and to get citizenship in the kingdom and Jesus put it this way you've got to be born again of water and of spirit somebody ought to clap your hands and give him praise there is a religious world out there amen that would tell people that in order to get to heaven you got to pay for it it's called penance Amen. I want to tell you that is not in the Bible. Not enough money that can get you into heaven. Hallelujah. You can't donate enough. We'll buy a building if you do. Go ahead. But it ain't going to get you into heaven. Hallelujah. It might get you in a new car. It might get you in a new house. But it won't get you into heaven. There's only one way into this kingdom. and you got to be born into it. 
Religion would say uh, that you can be saved by being a good person. Uh, the problem with being a good person is it's all relative. Uh, you base your goodness on everybody else's badness. Uh, and you can say, well, I'm good compared to them. Uh, and you are working uh, as hard as you can uh, like a slave at the mill. Uh, and every day you're doing as much good things uh, in your own perspective uh, so that you can make heaven your home. Uh, but I want to tell you in the kingdom of God, uh, amen, the Bible says, Says we're not saved by works lest any man or woman should boast. You can't work your way into heaven. Well, what if I get religious and we just start going and doing everything by rote, amen, and, and, and by, by happenstance and by, by actually having to go through the motions of life? What do we do? Can we be religious and can we, can we get into heaven that way? I want to tell you there's not enough religious, amen, power, if I could put it that way, to get you into heaven. Some people might say, well, if you're just more spiritual than somebody else, and I put spiritual in quotes because uh, there's no way that they define spiritual. That you'll be part of some elite group uh, and you'll make it to another level of heaven and you might even get an earth of your own. I want to tell you that's a lie of the devil uh, because you can't do enough religious deeds uh, to make heaven your home. There's only one way to be a citizen in the kingdom of God, and you got to be born into it. It's not through shaking the preacher's hand. It's not through doing your dance. It's not through lifting your hands and saying a prayer. There's only one way that you can get into the kingdom, and you got to be born into it. Peter preached when they said, men and brethren, what should we do? What do we got to do? Amen. And he said, you got to repent. Amen. I want to tell you how you get in this kingdom. You got to die in this one. Hallelujah. You got to let some things die in this kingdom. You can't, you can't have two kingdoms. The kingdom of earth and the kingdom of man and the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. There's got to be a deciding factor where you say today's the day I'm going to lay that sin down and I'm going to die to it and I'm going to let it be buried in the waters of baptism and then God I need you to fill me with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues and when you do it I'm gonna walk away a new creature the Bible says when you're born again all things are passed away behold all things are become new not some not a couple everything becomes new when you when you get baptized in Jesus name it's not just getting wet in water when you get baptized in Jesus name we put you all the way under the water we are burying you hallelujah Amen. We are burying you in hopes that the old you doesn't try to claw its way out of the grave. I've, I've actually buried a few people alive. <laughs> they never died to their old ways. I buried a few people alive. Don't be buried alive. Amen. It's time, it's time that we say, God, whatever's got to die, I've got to let it die so that I can be buried. Amen. And if I'm buried, I can be risen. Somebody ought to say amen. Praise God. And you, you get baptized, and what happens is all those things are, are passed away. 
It's, it's like when, when Egypt was chasing after Israel and they all got in the Red Sea. Uh, amen. The baptism, uh, amen, of Moses uh, got the Israelites from one side of the, uh, the river to the other, uh, got them from in Egypt to out of Egypt. Uh, but it didn't just get them out of Egypt. Uh, when the soldiers came chasing after them, uh, I want you to tell you what the Bible's saying when it says all things are passed away. Uh, all those waters that stood up in obedience to God, uh, the dry ground that was there. God made that water to rush again. And as it were, amen, that rushing water, just like it was in the flood of Noah, it began to wash away every Egyptian, every soldier, every chariot, every horse. What am I preaching to you? When you're born into this kingdom, all things are passed away. Everything dies. Everything goes. Everything... Everything gets washed down the Red Sea uh, to where you never see it again. Uh, can I preach uh, that there's some things uh, that you've been putting up with, uh, but you got baptized uh, and you don't have to. Uh, there's some things you tolerated, uh, but you don't have to tolerate because uh, you've been born into this kingdom uh, and it's supposed to be passed away. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, let's pray for a moment. Come on, there's newness coming into somebody's life today. There is newness coming into somebody's life today. Somebody pray right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. There's people that, 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 that they could tell you all the things they've had to do just to have a semblance of freedom. The pills they took so they didn't feel depressed. The Alcoholics Anonymous that they go to week in and week out where they declare, I am an alcoholic. Until their dying day, they've got to declare, I am an addict. I want you to think about that for a moment. They could tell you about all the money they've spent on counselors, on psychologists, on shrinks, just trying to get a little bit of freedom in this life. But you and I came to the house of God. You and I came to the house of God, and I can't tell you like the blind man. He said, uh, whether, he's a, whether he's a man of God or not, I don't know. I, I don't even know the man. All I do know is I once was blind, but now I can see. Uh, amen. There's something that happened. Uh, amen. There's people that can tell you right now that every, every Saturday night uh, they're at the bar and they're getting drunk so they can feel free uh, for a moment and release their inhibitions. And there's some people that are going uh, from relationship to relationship and one night stand a one night stand so they can feel like they're free amen they're paying a hefty price amen to feel the level of freedom amen but I want to tell you there's a freedom that God gives that comes when you're born into his kingdom there's a level of freedom that comes that you don't work for, you don't earn, you don't pay for, and it's called being born again. Amen. Can I preach to the church for a moment? The freedom we have to worship, it was not bought by us. It was bought by him. Freedom's never free, but it sure was free for me. Freedom costs a lot of money. It costs a lot of blood. It was precious, but it wasn't mine this time. It was the blood of Jesus. Amen. I want to tell 
tell you, it was free for you. It was free for me. And the life we live today, the newness we have, it comes because we were born again free. Somebody clap your hands and shout with a voice of triumph. Oh, come on, let's praise him. I got a little more we got to preach here today, but I've come to preach to somebody. Amen. You were born again free. Amen. That's what's in your DNA. When you're born again, it's freedom. When you're born again, it's liberty. Amen. It's not bondage. It's not addiction. Amen. It's not depression. It's not anxiety. It's not stress. When you're born again, you're born again free. Amen. I thank God to live in the United States of America. Anybody thankful for that? I traveled a little bit, and I became quickly aware that I was no longer home. I clicked my heels together, and I was not in Kansas anymore. I'm glad I'm not in Kansas now. But I've been there, and I've looked around, and I realized I went to Canada one time, and Canada was like two hours from my home. And I thought, yeah, it's not too far. It's the same thing. God bless my Canadian brothers and sisters. But y'all are different. It is another country and everybody's like well duh, of course it is no 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 you don't understand when you can step across an invisible line and there's something completely different amen i want to tell you when i stepped across the border when i stepped across the line amen i, I want you to know that the laws were different when I stepped across the border, amen, the languages were different. Amen. I came to preach. Some people say you don't need to speak in tongues to get the Holy Ghost. Yes, you do. Or you never entered the right kingdom. Because Paul said that, though I speak with the tongues of men and angels. Amen. I want to tell you that when you get into this kingdom, we have our own language. Hallelujah. It's not English. It's not Spanish. It's not Tagalog. It's not Mandarin. Amen. I want to tell you that when you get the Holy Ghost, you speak in another language you did not know, whether earthly or heavenly. Amen. I want you, I want you to know that in this kingdom, there's a different language. I stepped across the border and I realized they dressed a little different. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me preach on holiness for a moment. Amen. If you look the way you looked when you got saved, I want you to know you didn't really get what you should have got. Because when you cross, amen, there's just a little bit of a difference. Hallelujah. The way they drive was a little different. The way they work was a little different. The way they served was a little different. Can I preach to the church? Amen. That if it's if you're the same as you were, amen, that when you got your first birth as you are when you got your second birth, we'll dunk you back under that water in Jesus' name until you come up a new creature in Jesus Christ. I've heard people use the excuse and the mantra of this generation. Well, I was born this way. This is just how I was born. I got a bad attitude from my mom and my dad, but I got news for you. You got to be born again. I got this dysfunction from my parents and from my childhood and from my raising. I got news for you today. You need to be baptized in Jesus' name and born again so you can have a new childhood and be converted like a child, as Jesus said, and you can have a new, a new nature, a new name, a new way of living, a new way of talking, a new way of dressing. Everything changes when you're born free. Stepped over that border and I realized, oh my goodness, I am not home. I realized that when I stepped 
out of my country. Let me preach on the other side of this. When I stepped out of my country, uh, I was no longer ba- I was no longer uh, protected uh, by my country's laws. Amen. I was no longer going to, I, I had I had some other laws uh, that surrounded me. Amen. There were some other things uh, that I had, amen, that were afflicting me. Uh, and people that step out of the new birth uh, and they start living in their old ways, uh, what happens is uh, you just stepped out of the kingdom of God back into the kingdom of man and you're going to be subject to the laws that they're subject to. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible would declare, submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. It starts with submitting yourself to God. And that's God's word, God's laws, and God's kingdom in his domain. And when you don't submit yourself to God's laws and God's kingdom, amen, there's going to be a whole other set of laws. Because even the devil is bound up by God's laws. And he knows if there's a child of God that's walking according to God's word and according to God's ways, amen, I can't detain him unlawfully. I can't afflict her unlawfully. They ain't done nothing wrong. Can I preach to you? If you're going through hell and you're doing it right and you're living right, you've got some rights in the kingdom of God that you can stand on and say, Amen, oh chief captain of hell, I want you to know I'm a, I'm a child of the kingdom. And before you beat me, before you bind me up one more day, I want to let you know I was born again free. I was born into the kingdom of God and you can't afflict me. You don't have a right, but I've got a right at freedom. I've got a right at being liberated from this affliction. I've got a right to be healed. I've got a right to be set free. Somebody give him praise. Let's stand across the building. Oh, come on, let's magnify him. Come on, there's people in this house. Amen. You, you, you can say, I was born again. I've got good news for you. You were born again and freedom was in your DNA. You don't have to be bound anymore. You don't have to settle for less than freedom. Man. America gets their concept of citizenship from Rome. It's really where the primary idea was because other nations would come in and they would conquer you just like Babylon and they would take the people out of where they were into Babylon. But Rome had a different idea. Rome would go into an area and they would set up people in that area to run the government. And they would say, congratulations, you're now part of Rome. Sounds a little bit of how the kingdom of God works. Just set up shop in an area and say, all right, And then those that were obedient to Rome, those that followed Rome, their kids and their grandkids and every generation after that would no longer be known by what the country was before, but they would be born citizens, just like here. The kingdom of God's no different. The kingdom of God shows up into your life And it extends an offer at freedom of all the perks and benefits of the kingdom of God. Preacher, I was born into this family or that family. I got good news for you. It's the only kingdom that you get to choose your birth. You could not choose what family you were born into, 
what ethnicity you are, you couldn't choose any of those. But in the kingdom of God, you have a choice. I will be part and be a citizen in the kingdom of God. And when somebody makes the decision and they choose their second birth, you can't choose your first one, but you can choose your second one. And they choose to be born again. With it comes all the rights and privileges of the kingdom. Well, I got to be saved and for 50 years and then I can work my way up the ranks. And no. You could be, you could have gotten, you could have gotten drunk last night. Can I preach it how the Bible actually tells it? You could have gotten drunk last night, but come to church today and get born again. And every privilege that I got, you got. There's no waiting period. The only thing is you got to be in alignment with the same laws that I'm in alignment with. The only thing that causes me as a citizen of the United States to be detained is if I deserve it or they suspect me to deserve it. If I broke the law, they can arrest me. If I broke the law, they can even get a warrant for my arrest and they can come get me. But they can't detain me just to detain me. The kingdom of God's the same. You were born free. The devil has no right over your life. Let me say that again, just for some folks, amen, that really need to hear it. The devil has no claim or right to your life. He cannot, he cannot bind you up. Amen. There's some people who say, well, I'm bound to the devil. Not if you've been born again. There's no claim to your life that you should ever have to be bound again. All you have to do is look at that old devil and say, you have no right, devil. I was bought with the blood of Jesus. I was born free. Uh, hey, and Paul looked at that Roman, uh, amen, captain, and he said, uh, I, I, I want to let you know uh, you arrested me uh, without probable cause. Uh, I didn't break any laws. Uh, and just in case you're wondering, uh, my citizenship dictates uh, that I get some certain inalienable rights uh, that you cannot infringe upon. Uh, and all of a sudden, those that would have beat him uh, and would have locked him up, uh, they ran. Can I preach to somebody uh, that when you submit your Self, uh, to the kingdom of God. Uh, amen. The devil looks and says, uh, I messed up by messing with them. Uh, I've got to run. The Bible says, and the devil flees. Let's lift up our hands. Let's pray. I'm done right here. Come on, let's pray all across this building. In the name of Jesus. Well, Pastor, I've already been born again. Great. You were born free. Well, Pastor, I've already been, uh, repented of my sins, been baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, and the devil's afflicting my life. Uh, all you got to do is claim citizenship uh, and say, Devil, you got to leave me alone uh, because I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. Uh, and, and, and you can't bind me up. Uh, you have no right. Uh, you have no claim uh, to my family. Uh, you have no right. Uh, you have no claim to my mind. Uh, you have no right. Uh, you have no claim. There's people I'm preaching to right now. Your past has come by with shackles in their hands, uh, trying to lock you up in condemnation. Uh, but you need to look back uh, at your past and say, I don't live there anymore. Uh, not only that, uh, I have been changed. All that's passed away. Uh, all things are become new.
Jesus said, whom the Son makes free is free indeed. There's two words for freedom there. There's the first one, which means liberate. That's the first freedom. The second word for freedom is, is, is where it, it, it says uh, that you are unrestrained. Get ready for this. That second word for freedom means you're a citizen. If the Son therefore make you free, liberated, you shall be free indeed. If I could preach it the way the Bible actually means it. If the Son liberates you, you are a citizen. I'll say that again. If the Son makes you free, you are a citizen. That word also means you are not a slave. You are free. You are not in bondage. You are free. You are not obligated to pass debts. You are redeemed. There's some people here today, you need to hear this. If you've been born again of water and spirit, you are a citizen. Let's lift up our hands and let's pray. Come on, let's pray. I'm free indeed. I'm free indeed. I'm free indeed. Not just because uh, my citizenship is an American citizen. I know a lot of enslaved Americans. Amen. But I want to tell you because you're a child of the Most High God, you are a citizen of the kingdom of God. Come on, let's pray all across the building. Somebody needs to hear that word. You are free. Stop living like you're bound. You are free. Stop thinking like you're bound. You are free. Stop going through life like you're bound. You are free. Don't let your marriage be bound. You are free. I want to open up this altar. Would you come? Today we're making a declaration. Devil, I'm a citizen. Devil, I'm a citizen, which means I was born free. And you can't enslave a free man. You can't bind up a free woman. I'm free indeed. Come on, somebody pray. Why don't you empty out your seats and come to this front and make a declaration over your life. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. It's Come on, I'm free from those thoughts. I'm free from those voices. I'm free from anxiety. I'm free from depression. I'm free indeed.